I just love Christmas. Love all the Christmas songs about Jesus. I want you to turn with me to Matthew 18 this morning. Not your standard Christmas message, but I'm not your standard preacher, I guess, so. But a word I want to share with you and try to encourage you, as I've said already, and I told Ryan and all up here this morning, let's have fun in worship. Wouldn't it be sad to come and we just had another church service and we didn't meet with the king, that we didn't really come before his throne and enjoy it. To me, it'd be kind of like driving the four or five hours to my parents' house, pulling the driveway, not going in. just wouldn't make any sense. And with that in mind, I want to preach this morning from Matthew 18, verses 1 through 5. And he said, At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of of them. And he said, Verily I say unto you, except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoso shall receive one such little child in my name, Receiveth me. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones, which shall believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone was hanged about his neck and that he was drowned in the depth of the sea. Growing up, Christmas is still some of my earliest memories in life. Special times. We lived in a little house. We didn't know it was little at the time. But going back now, I'm like, really? Mom and dad raised three boys in that. But I can remember getting up on Christmas morning. And way before the sun came up, this was before I realized how good sleep was. And I would get up and it was still dark. And we had this little narrow hallway. And I've mentioned this before, but it's so special to me because that door to the living room would be shut, but we could see a glow of light underneath the door, and that just added to the excitement. Because we had no idea what the living room held, but we knew it was going to be fun. We knew it was going to be good. We knew the Christmas tree was in there putting forth its light, but we didn't know what else would be there. And mom and dad would get up and they would be there standing at the door. One would actually be in the living room with the old Kodak or whatever it was. And the other one would stand there at the door. And usually it was dad and he would tease us a little bit. And he said, why don't we get some more rest so we can, you know, something like that. And we're just chomping at the bed. And finally, I could hear him say, mother, you ready? And she'd say, I'm ready. Dad would turn that knob and open the door and all the wonder of Christmas for a child would just jump at us. Now I'm 53 years old 
And I still love it just as much as I did then. I'm a sucker for Christmas music. If you don't like Christmas music, you need to come to the altar right now, repent, and get saved by the grace of God. I'm serious. Christmas is about our Savior. Without Jesus, without, man, that was phenomenal. I do too, Peyton. And we ought to tell everybody, shouldn't we? Okay, so that's what I'm going to do. Christmas truly is for children. That's my title this morning. Christmas is for children. Now, hear what I'm about to tell you. Those of you who say, oh Lord, I've wasted my morning. Hang with me for just a moment and hear this scripture. It It literally jumped off the page at me. As I read it not long ago. You see, when we're young and and we say, oh, I was young and I, I, I just didn't understand. I want you to understand something with me. It's not about the 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 blissful ignorance of childhood, but it is about a a a matter of the heart that Jesus speaks to his disciples about in this text today. And I want to challenge you today to just open your mind, open your heart, hear what God's Word has to say, hear this challenge today, and see. Come back and report to me on, uh, after the new year and say, you know, that message was a flop. It didn't do anything for me. But if you'll be prayerful about it this morning, see won't Christmas be just maybe a tad sweeter for you this year. Matthew 18 One said the disciples came and they said, oh, Jesus, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? We worry so much about the pecking order of life. We go through life posturing for position, for power and authority and all the things that are the trappings of this world. And we say, well, I've come to this age and listen. Make no mistake about it. Paul said, when I was a child, I acted like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Hang with me for just a minute. I don't believe that I'm going to contrast that, but really shine light on it. First of all, this morning as we look in this text, we see Christmas, if it's for children, then Christmas is about our relationship with Jesus. Nothing else. We live in the most secular society that this world has known for a very long time. We have done our dead level best as a society and as a culture to remove any reference, any inference to Christ whom this holiday is named after. Am I right? We've taken him out of schools. We have taken him out of malls. We've taken him out of the music. And now we literally are taking him out of church. We focus on anything and everything but what the main thing really is. And that is Jesus. It's about Jesus. You see all of this up here? It's not just about us taking pictures and grinning and gooing and on. And our kids did really good when they sang... They're singing about the story of Christmas. 
That's why Michelle goes through all this. That's why the adult choir and the children's choir and the parents, everyone, it's about worshiping Jesus. Christmas is about Jesus. Have we outgrown that? Have we outgrown the fundamental truth that the song spoke of this morning, that from a virgin womb, God overshadowing Mary by the power of the Holy Spirit, she gave birth to the Son of the living God who lived without sin and died for ours. That's the story. That's the blessed old story. That will be our theme in glory. Jesus. Jesus is the reason. Christmas is about our relationship with Jesus. Now here, today I want, I want to look at the negativity side of it for a minute and draw attention to what it's about. It's not about being immature. It's not immaturity. It's about intimacy. It's not about immaturity. It's about intimacy. Can I share something with you? I'm a grown man. Sometimes I don't act like it. Becky often refers to me as acting like a child. But I'm a grown man. I have children. I have a job. Do grown man things, you know. Um, 53 years old. Very blessed. But sometimes I'm not 53 in my head. Y'all, thank you, Pam. And you know when I'm really not 53? When I'm in the presence of my parents. No matter how old I get, when I walk into the presence of my parents, I'm their child. It does not mean that I act immature, but there's an intimacy that will never change. He's my dad, and I'm his son. Listen to me. You want Christmas to be special? Stop with the idea that you've outgrown the wonder of Christmas. It's about intimacy with the one who was born in a barn. Told y'all this was going to be fun. Man, that we could, listen, be, be, be like Kevin on Home Alone. When he realized that his whole family was gone, you know, the first time he said, I made my family disappear. And then the reality hit, he was all alone. With the run of the joint, he went, I made my family disappear. And he ran through the house, ah, having a big time. Listen, stop being so over-consumed with what people think about you. Really, the truth is, they don't think about you that much. Have fun in Jesus. I'm not talking about acting a fool. I'm not talking about being immature. But I'm talking about embracing the intimacy that is Jesus, our Lord and Savior. God, the Creator, being our personal Heavenly Father. It said, Jesus called a little child. That's what he said right here. He called a little child. You see, it is how we come to him. It's how we come to him. Now, we can come to church Sunday after Sunday. We can listen to Christmas music all we want. But it is how we come to the throne of grace. It's that we hear his voice. He said he called the child. 
He called to the child. And he said, little child, come unto me. Now, how do we know the child heard his voice? Because the child came and was in his midst. We'll read it, the, the Mark's version in just a minute. Same story, just different perspectives of the exact same truth. You see, it's how we come to him. Are we hearing his voice? I know my dad's voice. I know Becky's voice. See? We were in the mountains last week for a few days. And we were shopping with the mass throngs uh, of the diaspora throughout Tennessee and Georgia that had gathered for the, uh, for the yearly homage to uh, commercialism. And we're out there and we're just scattered abroad. And we go up to get a cup of coffee and Becky, as always, she's on a mission and so she blows all of us off and she's all over the place. And so we're walking through there. And Emily said, did you hear that? I said, well, Emily, amongst the other 37,322, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to be. She said, no, I heard Mama clear voice, clear throat. Mama's right over there. And I've learned she's right. So I didn't question it. She knew just, not by words spoken, but just the sound of her mother. Listen, when God speaks to us, when God grunts, we ought to hear it. We ought to be so intimate that we know because he tells us. He knows us and that if we are his sheep, we'll know his voice. Is that not what it says? Look in John 10. He says it. He tells us that. That it ought to be so intimate. That even in the midst of the crowd, in all the throngs of this world, we hear his voice over all the rest. I don't know about you, but a couple of the clearest times God has ever spoken to me is one by myself in a deer stand. When there's no other noise out there, even the squirrels ain't moving that day. And then in the midst of a gazillion people. Sometimes when I'm in the biggest group of people, it's when God, it's, it's, all, it's like it all becomes white noise. And God zeroes in on my heart and I hear God speak. Whether it's on an airplane at 36,000 feet or walking through and sitting, eating a bagel in Kennedy Airport and there's every kind of person in the world walking by. Or riding down the road for 10 hours. Trying to get home last Sunday. Hear God speak. Oh, the noise of the cars and the lights and the sirens and the radio and everything else. Do you know his voice intimately? You see, this child didn't question. He didn't throw a fit. He didn't, he didn't say no. He didn't say anything. He just came. You know our problem? We want to talk back. 
We want to say something. We want our input. Oh, it's my right. Listen, the greatest thing we can do is be quiet when God calls. And hear what God's got to say. The greatest time in David's life is when he, he, he understood so well that he pinned the words down for us. Be still and know that I am God. When he got older in life, it's when that intimacy really began to sink in that he had when he was just a shepherd boy. See, he went through these stages. Yeah, he was very intimate. But then all the trappings of the world. And one, listen. One is he, he became consumed with the idea of this world. Jesus called a little child. Now I want, to notice, I want you to notice something else he said. Verily I say unto you. In other words, he's saying, listen. You know, there's times where you say, hey, tell your kids, say, hey, take out the trash. Hey, clean up your room. Hey, make sure you take care of your grades. You know what? Do your homework, right? Then there's times that you say, listen to me. You better go take that garbage out now. Listen you better have that grass cut by the time I get home. I ain't telling you again. Am I right? Or y'all got perfect kids? Thank you, baby. We need to grasp something. Jesus said, unless, verily, he said, listen to me. Except you be converted. And become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. You ever heard of childlike faith? Man, I love being around these children. And listen to the purity. That right there has blessed me and blessed so many. Listen, how many of you are packed ready for Jesus to come back? I know one in this congregation that is. And has been for several weeks. Looking for his appearing. Now, if that's not biblical, I don't know what is. It is the perfect, perfect illustration of how we should be. But we go through our whole thing. Well, I got next week, I got next year. Have I got everything involved? I don't understand planning. I understand that. But listen, what if Jesus came back? Would it wreck your plans? Or would you embrace it? Would everything that you spent so much time on be a complete waste of time? You see, he said, be converted. You know what the word converted here means in the original language? Basically, it's the same intent, and it embraces it as repentance. It literally, to be converted, means to turn around or to reverse. I have got an ACDC converter. One that I would take when I was in construction, and I could plug it in to my truck or hook it to the battery in my truck and it would convert it where I could plug in a regular extension cord and run some low voltage unit that I'd have to do in some remote place that we didn't have uh, AC power. And, I had, and it would convert one kind to another. Well, what he's telling us is we've, we must be converted from going through this world in our own power, doing our own thing, and die and go to hell. And we must repent... And be converted. 
turn from our wicked ways, reverse course, not by our power, but by the precious blood of the Lamb, be saved. Is it any any coincidence that Jesus calls it being born again? To be a child. To become an infant in Christ. To be a child of Christ. To be a child of the King. We must be converted. It is how we come to Him. We hear His voice. when He Listen, you can't come to Jesus on your terms or your time. There's nothing that has broken my heart more in ministry than someone to say, listen, when the kids get a little older, when I get through doing this, when I get out of school, when I do this, then I'm going to come to church. I'm going to come to Jesus. It don't happen. And even if it did, it's in your own power and God will not hear it. You mean to tell me, preacher, if I come to Jesus, he won't receive me? Not if he didn't draw you first. That's exactly what I'm telling you. He tells us at the end of John chapter 2, he did not commit himself to all men, for he knew what was in the heart of those men. You can't pick and choose your time and your place. We must come to him While he draws us, we love him because he first loved us. Converted means a turning from the world and a turning from our own wisdom. We think we've got this whole thing figured out. And we plot and strategize our Christmases. And now we spend so much time trying to figure out who we're going to give the right amount of time to with family and how we're going to please this one. And never take a thought to how we're going to please Jesus. It used to be we planned around coming to worship the one the holiday's about. Not about a reason to skip worship. That's just the truth. Christmas is not about family. It's about Jesus. And you have family because of Jesus. Get our priorities right. truth. Do you know why you can get up on Christmas morning and enjoy the wonderment of your children opening presents and the beauty of all that it is with all this trappings and the lights? and all? You know why I think we have all that? Because we try to just touch the hem of the glory of the Son of God. He's brighter than the brightest Christmas tree. He's more beautiful than the greatest wrapped present because he is the greatest present of them all. Do you know why we can enjoy that? Because of him. He's the gift. You want to give somebody the greatest gift of all this year, bring them to church on Christmas Eve morning. Give them Jesus. Listen, it's turning from the world. They're turning from our wisdom. This kid... He didn't, I don't know his background, does it tell us his background? But I imagine he was probably a lot like the kid at the Sermon on the Mount. When Jesus said, hey boy, come here. I don't know about y'all, but I was raised, if an older man spoke to me, I was to speak back. And it was to be, yes sir, no sir. And they called us boy. It didn't matter who you was. You got called boy. You know why? What disrespectful. It's because you was a boy. 
It ain't bad to be a boy. Be proud. If you're a girl, be proud you're a girl. You don't have to be something else. Be who God made you. And embrace the fullness of it. Why don't we work so hard trying to be something else? Listen, I ain't hear him. Hey, boy, come here. Come here. That's what they'd do. They usually, you couldn't even understand them. They'd be mumbling or something, but it was the head nod. It was all about the head nod. Say, hey, boy, come here. Come here. You know, they slur all the words. Come here. Come here. And you did it. And there's one man that, oh, you've heard me mention his name. Man, I can't wait to get to glory and see him again. But his name was Ed Chance. He was a man's man. He was bigger than life. He, he wore a, a felt, a beaver skin fedora. I have it at home. They gave it to me after he passed away. I've got his fedora that he wore. He had retired from uh, being a peace officer. He had retired, and after retirement, he was such a, a, a man's man that he went all over the South picking up and transporting the roughest of criminals around. And they'd send him by himself because they wasn't worried about it. They was more worried about the guy that he was picking up than they were about Ed. Ed was a man's man. And I can remember standing out there, and he'd laugh all the time, big old belly laughing. He chewed tobacco. And he'd come out of church, and the first thing he'd do, he'd start packing it in. And you couldn't understand anything after that. Whether he had to spit it out, he'd have it. Hey, hey, boy, come here. Come here. And, and he would tell something. We wouldn't understand, but we knew to laugh. It didn't matter because we knew he was trying to tell jokes, so we just laughed. And, oh, he'd slap us on the back. But he'd call us over. You know what? Jesus looked over at that little boy. He said, hey, boy, come here. What you got? So I got lunch. So what? What is? It? He said, "I got five little loaves and two fish." Jesus didn't say, "Hey, I'm gonna borrow them." Jesus just took them, and the boy had such respect for his authority and understanding in his spirit. This man's different than all the rest. He just gave it. Now, how many of us are coming before the authority of our big brother Jesus like that? Under the, under the authority of the word of God, it says, hey, boy, hey, girl, I want you to give this to Lottie Moon. Hey, I want you to help with the children. Hey, I want you to start praying about teaching. Hey, I want you to go to Brother Matt and say, I don't know what I need to do, but I need to do something. Hey, I need you to pray more. Hey. You need to get in the word of God. It's the end of 2017. You promised me this time last year you was going to read through my word this year and you didn't. Hey, you need to start reading the word of God. It's a turning from the world, a turning from our wisdom. But if Christmas is really about our relationship with Jesus, it's how we live like him. The boy obeyed his word. And he said, Jesus called a little child and set him in the midst of him. That means he obeyed Jesus. We need to receive his daily gift of himself. He's there. Over the last few days, I've not felt the best in the world and all the sinus crud, you know, the whole 
allergy stuff, ragweed and all this stuff, and felt pretty rough for a couple of days. Yeah, exactly. And so I said, you know what? If I'm going to be here and feel bad, so I might as well do something. So I tried to wash some clothes and clean some things and throw away some things and put up some things and rearrange some things. But what I realized in the midst of all that, I, I started looking through pictures that were up and I would find a, a note from somebody or something from a mission trip or a coin that someone had given me from Russia or a Lord's Supper olive carving from Bethlehem. And as I moved all that stuff, I realized... Listen, he's in our midst every day, whether we feel good or not. This is all about him. That tree over in the corner, the stockings on the mantle, the gifts that will be purchased, the gifts that will be received, it's all about him. And if it's not, it needs to be eliminated. Bottom line, it needs to be eliminated. It's how we... Live for him. Obey his word. When he speaks to us daily, it's his word. But here's, here's something I found. Through all that stuff, I went through our bookshelves. And they just, because they're shelves, they end up getting cluttered. It's a place we can just jam stuff. Well, there's one that's full of nothing but Bibles. There's Bibles from Becky's childhood, Bibles from my childhood, Bibles from my kids' childhood. There's Gideon Bibles, there's other things. And so I said, how many Bibles do we need? And there are gifts and stuff. So I started going through them. And I went through Gideon Bibles. You know, Gideons do such a great work. But you know what? I don't need five or six Gideon Bibles. I've been blessed. There are people out there that don't have Bibles. So I went through all of them that didn't have names in them and got them out because they need to be shared with someone, not sit on a bookshelf. How many of you have a Bible in your car, Bible on your desk, but you don't ever open it? It's there for show. It's great that people see you have a Bible, but somewhere along the way, they need to see you read it. But beyond that, you just need to read it whether they see you or not. He's with you in his word. And I love Christmas songs. And I love the jazzy up, you know, jingle bell rocks and blue Christmas and all that. But you know the ones that matters? The ones that really do something for me more than an emotional charge? Oh, come all you faithful. Silent night. The songs that are about Christmas. You see, we have a daily gift that is Jesus. We need to understand Christmas is about that relationship. It's how we live with Him. He said in Mark 9.36 about this context, it said, and He took this child, He said, He took Him in His arms. If Christmas is about our relationship with Jesus... And how we come to him and how we live like him, then it must be how we live with him. Are you abiding? It means just 
as a child with a father sitting in his lap, close, intimate, as we said before, not immature, but intimate. Now, I don't go sit in my mother's lap, but I still like to sit by her and put my arm around her or her put hers around mine. I still kiss my mother. Always have. If you're ashamed to kiss your mama, you better repent and get right with God. A woman gave birth to you. Huh? You going to ask for something for Christmas? You ain't going to kiss her? You don't deserve anything. Come on, mamas. That's where you say amen. Good grief. I love my mom. I ain't ashamed. Never been ashamed to love my mom. Now, man, my daddy, I love him. But, you know, we still hug like this. You know, one of them awkward deals. Listen, this, I, I, I ain't, I'm not trying to make it about me and my parents. What I want you to understand is it's about us and our Heavenly Father. It's the intimacy of God, the eternal deity. It's personal with us in that he sent his son to die that we could be his sons. And so he took him into his arms. Are we abiding in his presence, just abiding in Jesus? Is your life just distraught, despondent? Is it seem like, and listen, I'm not saying you don't have issues. We all have problems. Some of them are just worse, man, it's just tragedies and terrible situations and health issues and stuff. I do not mean to make light of that. But if we really believe what we said, we really believe what he says, then we believe this is not all there is. Amen? Jesus is greater. He's bigger. He's stronger. He's wiser. We ought to embrace by just, listen, stop. Just, just stop trying to figure it out and abide. Just abide in him. It's how we live for him. He tells us in verse 5 from the Holman Christian, he said, Whoever welcomes one child like this in my name welcomes me. Is that our heart for Christmas? Is our heart for Christmas that we would welcome in? As this little child didn't, they're talking about authority. They're talking about who's going to rule the kingdom. Because see, they had, their whole perspective was messed up. They thought he had come to reign when he'd come to suffer. And they thought this whole Roman thing was fixing to go away. And so they wanted to make sure they were in the right position to assume the authority. You know what that gets you? Congressional hearings. It's what it looks like. Oh, everybody vying for position, trying to get up, climb the next ladder. And it didn't matter who they stepped on. Listen, it is how we live for him. Whoever welcomes one child like this in my name welcomes me. Listen, give others the greatest gift this year. When you're going down your list, listen, you, you got a Christmas list? I'm not talking about what you want, kids. I'm talking about, do you have a list 
and you've got the names of your loved ones, and you've got teachers, and you've got this one and that one, a bus driver or whatever, and out beside it, you wrote what you're going to get them, or it's blank, and you've got to figure out what you're going to give them. Look, write, go back to your list when you get home today. I'm not going to say wait till after you eat lunch or even do it before. Just get it while you're eating lunch. And right across the top, give them all Jesus. Now, that may be through a Bible. maybe through a gift that has scripture on it. I don't know, but give it in the name of Jesus Christ. Let me finish. Christmas is about our relationship with Jesus. But Christmas is also about our purpose in Jesus. Our purpose in Jesus. It's not about being childish. It's about being childlike. Right? It's not about being childish. It's about being childlike. If, if something about Christmas do, doesn't still strike some awe in your heart, then maybe you've missed out on some of the childlikeness that you need to re-embrace. It's not about being childish. And, and see, here's the problem. They were worried about being learner, uh, 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 being leaders, not learners. Oh, we want to be leaders. Everybody be a leader. I, and I get so sick and tired of all the leadership material. Listen, like I, the reason I brought Dr. Rickinson is I need to be worried about being a follower before I can be a leader. I need to follow him. I need to learn. Stop worrying about leading. If we learn of him, leadership will come. Right? You want to lead your children? Learn of Jesus. If you're learning about Jesus, I can promise you, you'll be the greatest influence in that child's life. If you learn about Jesus. But you can't give them something you don't have. You hear me? You want your kids to grow up and be godly? You want them to grow up and marry a godly person? You want them to get, grow up and be a drug addict and get divorced and stay in prison? What do you want them to do? Now, I'm not saying the, the best parents don't have children that rebel or vice versa. But listen to me. God's word has told us as parents and, and as, as Christians that we are to be the spiritual caregivers to our children and to this world. We don't need to wait on the History Channel or Hollywood to try to give the world the gospel. Because even if they make a Christian movie, so many times it's tainted by bad doctrine. I love the fact that our president wished our country Merry Christmas the other day. But his doctrine wasn't completely right. It's a lot better than what we've had in the past. But hear me. Just pick it up and read it yourself. Come to the one who can teach you. As I was once told by an older person, a boss, you worried about the wrong thing, son. We worried about the wrong thing when we say, well, the preacher needs to do this, and the church needs to do that, and why don't the deacons do this? And what about this? And what about that? Have you prayed about it? 
Where are you at in your life? We go home, we blame our wife, we blame our husband, we blame the teacher, we blame the police, we blame the government, we blame everybody. But where is our responsibility? Are we being learners of the word? Learners at the foot of Jesus. We worried about the wrong thing. If we're not. Listen, Christmas is about our purpose in Christ. It's to be humble, not powerful. He said, if you'll come as this little child. This little child didn't posture. This little child didn't walk up and say, what do you want, old man? That's what we hear today. I've never seen so much disrespect in all my life. It's just, it's not taught. Respect's not taught anymore. And it's not expected anymore. We're worried about we may offend somebody. If, I'm going to tell you something. A kid's going to respect me. If they don't, they can go on. I'm just telling you. Well, you may offend someone's parent. Well, they ought to parent better. Come on. Y'all, are y'all done got politically correct on me? It's not about being mean. It's about loving that kid because I'm going to tell you something. You're not going to walk before, before the throne of God and say, hey, hey, buddy, I'm here. Hey, big man upstairs. Yeah. If you ever use that, don't, don't, don't use that anymore. He's not the big man upstairs. He's God. He's not upstairs. I've been upstairs. He's not up there. He is the eternal God of heaven who sits on the throne of the universe and of all time. And there is no throne greater for one tried to ascend above that throne and said, I will be God. He's known as Satan because God kicked him out. He said, no. We need to grasp this. Listen, be humble. If you get in a fight or get mad over a parking spot at Christmas, you're not right with God. Number one, really? Because they cut you off. Go park out there where they won't bang your car to start with. You need to exercise. You just got up from Texas Roadhouse and you ate all that pasta over at Olive Garden. Go park out there and walk. It ain't going to hurt you. Matter of fact, it'll help you and it'll make you happier. So you've cut down on stress. You've exercised as well. Y'all know I'm right. Drive around for 10 minutes. You'd already be inside shopping if you just go park. I didn't hear an amen right there. Yeah, I was talking about one especially. <laughs> be humble. Be humble at Christmas. Somebody, don't get your food out. To, be humble. They didn't cook it. If they serve it, they didn't cook it. They can't, I, you know what? They didn't say, you know what? You see that person out there? I don't know them, but I don't like them. I'm going to make sure they get their food late. And so we go in and we act like the biggest lost dog in the world. We do everything but cuss them. Be an example of Christ. It's Christmas. Be humble. Be as a little child. Y'all know this is right. Y'all know this is right. 
You know how I know it's right? Because God has done ripped me anew and over it. Because there's times where I've been short and curt and caustic over things that don't matter. Be humble. And then it simply means to be simplistic, not scholastic. We have become Gnostic Christians in some circles where we think we know better than everybody else. We can explain it to everyone else. And there's the liberal side of it. and There's the legalistic side of it. There's the Gnostic side of it. And we want to be so scholarly that we've outthought ourselves. I'm going to tell you something. He said, come as a little child. It doesn't mean don't study. Y'all know I'm all about study. You know I'm about small groups, Sunday school. I still believe that's where it's at. And we need to be disciples. We need to grow. But I'm going to tell you, we need to keep it simple. We need to remember it's all about him. So let me ask you, what's your priority at Christmas? Is it about getting what you want? Or is it about giving what you have? Is it about telling the world that Jesus lives? Or reminding others who you are? He said, who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom? He said, you've missed the point. It's about being childlike. It's about being intimate. It's about abiding in me. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Christmas is for children. And if you're not a child of the king, today is your day. You know how I know that? Because the Bible says so. Today is the day of salvation. Jesus died So that you might be saved. You want to have the greatest Christmas of all? The greatest Christmas you've ever had. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus and plead the blood. If Jesus is drawing you, listen. I told you you can't come unless he draws you. Well, if he's drawing you and you don't come, he don't have to keep drawing you. If he is drawing you to his throne, he's drawing you to the cross. Why not come today and say, Lord... I confess Christmas is about you. It's about you coming to die for my sins. And I come today and I repent. I want to be converted and turn from this world. And turn to you, Lord, save me. Change me. May I truly, as a child, be born again. If you are a child of the King, but as they used to say, got too big for your britches, Why not come and say, Lord, restore unto me the joy of Christmas. Lord, may I be childlike this year. May may I see with a child's gleam the beauty that is the birth of my Savior. Today, as they come to the instruments, will you come to Jesus? Stand and come. Stand and come. Right now, without hesitation.